Ba-da-pa-pa-pa. That's someone else's jingle. Forget about it. This is the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. Welcome back to the beginning of season two, the first episode of the second season. We're so, so happy that you were here. My name is Isaiah Leininger. Joining me today, as always, is my good friend Walker Howell. And our special guest today is Dagan Hall. Go ahead and say hello, Dagan. Hello, Dagan. I knew that was coming. All right. So season two, our tagline, so to speak, is wait. The Bible talks about dot, dot, dot. So we're going to be looking at a lot of difficult issues, a lot of conversations, a lot of discussions that will be happening on this podcast that are uncomfortable, that are controversial, but they need to be talked about because the world is talking about them. And so we as Christians also need to be able to talk about them. We need to be able to know what the Bible says about worldly issues. And that's why we're here. That's why we started the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast, is to look at worldly problems from a Christian perspective. We want to be able to help you understand the things that's going on in the world through a biblical view. And gentlemen, we're starting off with a very, very difficult one for season two. This episode is, wait, the Bible talks about homosexuality or same-sex marriage. That's right. And as Isaiah had mentioned, we're going to be digging into a lot of controversial and, uh, and deep topics this season. And so I want everyone to be on the same page with us here. And that is we're going to approach every topic with love. We're going to approach it with sincerity. We're going to approach it with truth. And we're not going to sugarcoat what the Bible has to say about these topics. But we're also going to approach it in a loving way. We're not going to uh, come at anyone who may be struggling with these issues and bash them and all these different things. We're going to approach them with love because we don't want to run across the stigma that uh, Christians hate these type of people or Christians hate various types of people that we're going to be talking about throughout the uh, season. So if you're someone who struggles with this issue personally, uh, we, we're here to help you. We're not here to bash you. We're not here to do anything in that sense. We're here to uh, hopefully teach in love, teach in truth, and teach with sincerity what the Bible has to say regarding these topics. Yeah, absolutely. Like Walker said, we're, we're trying to come at this from a position of love. Mm-hmm. Because as, as we'll get to later in the show, we know that we're not perfect. We're far from perfect. Amen. There's there's other things that we struggle with um, that, we, that we have to deal with. And, you know, like I said, we're trying to come at this from a position of love. Dakin, do you have anything you want to add before we jump in? Um, I'd encourage all the viewers to continue praying with us and for the church as a whole because coming from an outside perspective, um, I didn't grow up in a church and my mom is actually gay and she's had a girlfriend all of her life except for the past couple years when she's become Christian, um, which we'll get into that later. But I think the church has, I'm not saying all the churches and not every church, but as a whole, the big view of it is mishandled the situation with a lot of gay people. And many gay people don't feel loved and feel like they don't belong in the church. And I hope we can change that. I hope we can help change some perspectives and views on both sides and help mm-hmm. the church realize that we're that gay people um, are still humans. It's just a sin, like any other sin, and that we love them. 
And I hope gay people realize that the church is a place of belonging, that no matter who you are and whatever your sin is, you can still come and feel welcomed. That's right. And um, and I think you hit on a very good point because and it sort of bounced off of what Isaiah said earlier. The church is made up of a bunch of imperfect people who come together and they worship God together. And so um, we're, we're all struggling with our own unique individual uh, issues and problems. And so that's the beauty of the church. That's the beauty of God's creation of human beings is that we're all imperfect and we all get to help each other through these difficult times. And in order to sort of lay the foundation for the episode today, our goal is to make sure that we're all on the same page before we dive deep into uh, what what the Bible talks about with homosexuality. In Mark chapter 16, 15 through 16, we find there the one of the uh, scriptures that outlines what we must do in order to be saved. And it talks about how we must believe and be baptized um, in order to be saved. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing there. That is the Walker Howell standard version. So that is um, that is not an official version, but that's the paraphr- paraphrased version of it for time's sake. But the point I'm trying to make here is, is that, sal- that salvation is a one-size-fits-all. It applies to everyone. It's not limited to just a certain group of people. It is not limited to uh, to a certain denomination or anything like that. Salvation, Jesus made it so anyone and everyone who wants to believe can, and they have the opportunity to do so. Absolutely, Walker. And I think it's important for us to look at the fact that every person has the same set of commands to follow. Mm -hmm. God didn't give me a specific command and say, Isaiah, do this and you'll be saved, and then turn around and give Dagon something completely different. That's not how this works. Like you said, the gospel is one size fits all. We all have to follow the same commands. We all have the same trajectory, so to speak, in order to get to heaven. That's right. And, um, and with us all having the same plan and the same trajectory in order to get to heaven, you know, God's also designed us with our own unique individual talents, our own unique individual abilities. Um, in previous episodes, we've talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've referenced it at least. We haven't really dove deep into it. But if you recall in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, Paul there is talking about the church as a body, and he's talking about how the body is made up of individual parts. And so those individual parts all carry a unique purpose. They all carry a unique trait, and that's the church itself. We are all members of the church, and those who are members of the church, we all play an important role to the church. We all have our own unique talents. We all have our own unique abilities. We all have our own uniqueness. And that can be a very good thing because we can use those uniquenesses to help build up the church, to help edify the church, to help boost the church in all these different ways. But it can also be a weakness because the devil is still seeking like a roaring lion who he may devour as we find in First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And he wants to use your uniqueness to your advantage and he wants to take advantage of you and use what you're good at and use uh, the things that you you may be very good at to a disadvantage and he wants to use that to derail you spiritually yeah you bring up a good point walker and that is that even though we all have the same commands to follow Mm -hmm. we're all very different people right and so the christian walk is going to look a little bit differently for everybody um for instance you and i Mm -hmm. right we're two different people we have two different perspectives we have two different sets of temptations that we have to overcome now some of that can overlap Mm -hmm. but like you said we're unique and Satan will look at that and say, okay, 
This is where Isaiah is vulnerable. This is where he's strong. This is. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Isaiah. I think it is. Um, I think temptation is something that we uh, struggle with. It's something that um, that the devil uses to his advantage in order to trick us. And if you remember in season one, and I think it was episode three, maybe we talked about "Don't Fall for the Trick." That was the title of the episode. And in that episode, we focused. Uh, on temptation and we looked at temptation and the things that the devil tries to do in our lives in order to make us fall for the trick that he wants us to fall for and oftentimes whenever people get tempted um, and they can be quick to blame the temptation or they can think that God is trying to test them or that God is trying to uh, affect their faith and but in all reality, it's not God who's doing this. We find in James chapter 1, verse, beginning at verse 13, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You, yeah, that, that's a great point, Walker. You know, like you said, sometimes people, when they go through something, they'll blame God. Mm-hmm. They'll say, God, why is this happening to me? Why am I having to go through this? And sometimes that even includes, why are you tempting me, God? Mm-hmm. And... Like James says here in verse 13, God's not the one that's tempting us. He doesn't have the power to. <laughs> I mean, he can't. Yeah, I mean, that verse. The, it goes against his very nature. Right. And, and to think, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound cruel, but to think that God is, is tempting you is foolish. Mm-hmm. Because God, God of the, the God that we see in the Bible, he is loving and he is just. What is loving or just about someone who throws you into a trap and then laughs at you whenever you fall, whenever you fall? Exactly. That's not loving and that's not just. Mm -hmm. He's not giving you a chance to make your own mistakes. Right. That goes against everything that we see in the Bible. God does not tempt us. In fact, we see in verses such as first Timothy chapter two and verse three and four that God wants all men to be saved, Uh, that he desires all men everywhere to be saved. God doesn't want us to, to perish. God doesn't want us to, to have to fall into sin, but he realizes the fact that he's given us free choice. He's given us the ability to make our own decisions. I think we can oftentimes forget um, that we're living in a fallen world. Not we, God did not intend this for what this world is. And all the bad stuff we see is not because of God. It's because of man, because of sin. Mm-hmm. When sin was introduced to the world, it didn't just hurt us. It hurt the world, too. We, we see um, in Scripture, um, the earth was crying out. And that's something that I, I can forget myself because I'm like, why in the world, God? Why is there... Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Whatever it is, whatever my stupid self likes to think. And and I realized, well, this isn't God's fault. This is, God is trying to help me after having to experience this fallen world. And his hand is still there to help me up when I fall. Absolutely, Dick. And that's, that's a beautiful thought. Uh, but 
anyway, so we, we just wanted to, to make sure that we had the basics there, that we had the foundation, that the gospel is one size fits all. Everyone has to follow the same set of commands, but at the same point in time, everyone is unique. Everyone has their own vulnerable points. Everyone has their own temptations. And one temptation that we're, and the, the temptation that we're going to spend the rest of this episode talking about is homosexuality. Now, before we get any further, we need to define our terms. We need to make sure that everyone knows what it is that we're referring to. Homosexuality is, sexually, is being sexually attracted to someone of your own sex. In preparation for this podcast, we did some research and found um, between 4 and 8% of people in the United States identify as part of the LGBT um, community. And there is multiple sources for this. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, so it's not something that everyone deals with, but a fair percentage of the people in this country uh, are, are at least identifying as part of this community. I think um, if you go to a public school or a city, even some, I mean, I went to a somewhat rural, I've been to multiple schools and somewhat rural schools that had people who were part of this community. And chances are you probably know someone, either a friend or family member that's been touched in some way by this. That's right. And um, I think, uh, you know, we've established that this is an issue among the world today. We've established that there's people who struggle with this issue. But now the question becomes is for the people who may struggle with this issue or may struggle with this temptation, how do we unpack what the Bible has to say regarding this issue? Yeah, that's true. As we've, as we've looked at in other episodes, the Bible is the authority here on earth. It is God's word. So we need to be able to look at what the Bible says on this discussion and apply it. I'd like to go ahead and say homosexuality in itself is not a sin. The, the temptation of it is not a sin. The practice of it is a sin. You can be addicted to alcohol and be sober for months and be tempted to drink again, but you won't do it. That doesn't mean you sinned. It goes back to what we talked about in the episode that I mentioned earlier about don't falling, not falling for the trick. You know, yeah. we we know that Satan tempts us in a lot of different ways, and maybe one of the ways that he tempts uh, someone who's listening to this episode is with this uh, temptation of homosexuality, where you're where you're sexually attracted to someone of your own sex, and being sexually attracted to someone of your own sex is not necessarily the sin, but if you fall, if you go into that action and you proceed with further in that action, then that's whenever it becomes a sin. And so it, it's touchy grounds, and so it's it's hard to really uh, figure out. That's why we have to go to the Bible for answers. Right, right. And I, I liked one of the words that Dagan used. He said practice. Those who are practicing homosexuality or those who are repeating the action, right? If I was an athlete, I would go to practice every day. I would train. I would, you know, work to improve at my craft. For those who are practicing homosexuality, it is a repeated occurrence. It's not something they've, you know, just thought about. It's something that they have done repeatedly. So, I mean, all of us out here struggle with sins, and I think everyone has a couple specific sins that we all struggle with. And while some of us don't have to struggle with the temptation of homosexuality, there's people that do, and, and it's a very hard temptation to have 
but the great thing about this uh, this idea of us struggling with our own unique sins and our own unique temptations is that Jesus loves every single one of us and that we're all a part of this broken community together. And it doesn't matter, like we mentioned earlier, what, what sin or temptation you're struggling with. We're all a part of this one big broken community of individuals who are all in need of Jesus, who are all in need of his uh, comfort, who's in need of his love, and who's in need of his grace. And so that's the beauty of all this. Definitely, Walker. Uh, and like you said, Jesus loves everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see great examples of him in the scriptures sitting down with the tax collectors and the sinners. That's the phrase that the Bible uses a lot. Jesus sat with the tax collectors and the sinners. The Bible never says that he supported their behavior. The Bible never says that he said, oh, it's okay. You can keep doing that. It's fine. If there was an issue, Jesus would tell them. But he did so in love. You know, we'd be part of that table. Absolutely. With us. Amen. We'd be surrounded with everyone and people with all kinds of sins. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's enough, I think, background knowledge. Like we said, God desires all men everywhere to be saved. We see that in First Timothy chapter 2, verses <clears throat> 3 and 4. We also see that Jesus would not condone sinful behavior, but he would still love the person. Uh, the age-old phrase, hate the sin, love the sinner, right? right. We've heard, I mean, I've heard that all my life, and we kind of let it become a cliche, and it's lost its meaning, but it's still so true. Mm-hmm. Hate the sin, hate the thing that is wrong in God's eyes, but love the person that God created. That's right. So I think it's time for us to dive into what the Bible actually says. And again, I want to emphasize that we're trying to read just from the Bible. This is not my opinion. This is not Walker's opinion or Dakin's opinion. This is not what we've always been taught so that we believe it. This is what the Bible says. And so we're going to start off in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 18. If you go ahead and open up a copy of the scriptures, whether that be on your phone or in paper, Romans chapter 1, and we are starting in verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Then God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity from the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even the women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. So Paul's starting off this letter and he says God is angered with wickedness. God is angered with unrighteousness and godlessness. And... People have turned their backs on God, even though 
it's evident, Paul says in verse uh, 20, it's evident that God is here, that God is the creator, and they still turned their back on him. That's right. And just to establish a little bit of context here, and uh, Isaiah has started to do that as well. Um, in verse number seven, we see Paul is writing to this, writing this letter to the church at Rome or to all those who are in Rome. And um, I heard a lesson about the verses that we just read. And in this set of verses that we just read, there are three things that the church at, or the, the people in Rome have done. Number one, they've changed the concept of God. Number two, they've changed the truth of God to their own belief. And number three, they've changed the way that uh, they think about God. And so it's important that in our own lives, we don't do what those in Rome have done. We don't change the concept of God. We don't change the truth of God. And we don't change the way we think about God for our own personal beliefs. Definitely, Walker. I appreciate you bringing that up. Those are, those are some really good points, some really good thinking points for our audience at home to meditate over. Uh, but the focus of this passage that we want to look at for the most part is at the end, uh, the last few verses, uh, where it says that God gave them to the sinful desires of their heart for sexual impurity. Uh, that's from verse 24. And a lot of people have look at, looked at that and said, does that mean God tempted them to sin? Does that mean God gave them the urge to act on these homosexual temptations? And again, as we looked at earlier, God doesn't tempt. Mm -hmm. God does not throw people into a trap just to laugh at them and then punish them. That's not, that's not the God that we serve. Instead, it's saying that because these people have rejected God, uh, verse 25, it says they ex exchanged the truth about God for a lie. It, God says, well, if you don't want me, if you're not going to serve me, then go do whatever it is that your heart desires. Go do whatever shameful, whatever evil, whatever wicked thing you want to do because you don't want to serve me. God said, if you're not going to serve me, then go do whatever you want because I'm not going to control you to serve me. Uh, we, heard, we say it a lot, but God doesn't want robots, right? Like we were talking about earlier, God gave us free will. God gave us the, the ability to make our own decisions, including whether or not we are going to follow what he has said. That's right. And like you were saying, you know, God doesn't want robots. And, I, and to, better, um, to better describe it, I, don't, I think God doesn't want part-time Christians either. And later on in the season, we're going to talk about those who may be part-time Christians. And, um, and I think it's dangerous whenever we have this mindset of being a part-time Christian. Um, and I think that we need to make sure that whenever we are thinking about uh, our life in Christ and all these various things that we're giving every single decision that we make, every single uh, thing that we do in our life, we're, we're, we're checking it with um, how it will align in God's eyes. And we see that the people in Rome did not do that in the passages that we read. And thus it resulted in uh, various consequences and it resulted in God being displeased with them. And that's not what God wants in our life. He wants he doesn't want to be displeased with us, but he's given us this ability, like Isaiah said, to make our own choices. And we ultimately have to understand that our choices result in consequences, whether they're good consequences or bad consequences. That's right, Walker. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 says that we will all have to stand before the seat of, of, of God on Judgment Day. And this is the Isaiah Leininger standard version. I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. Um, but... We will all be judged on our deeds that we've done here on this life, whether they be good or bad. 
And Paul, in a different passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he gives us a list of some of those things that God detests, that God uh, cannot have. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9, Paul says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, that is a weird word, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Paul says, listen up, Church of Corinth. You guys are practicing a lot of things that you shouldn't be practicing. You guys are sexually immoral. You guys are thieves. You guys are greedy. You are having your men having sex with men. And God says that cannot happen. God says you cannot inherit the kingdom of God if you continue to act on these urges. So as we've looked at these two passages in Romans and we've also looked at the passage in 1 Corinthians, we see that the Bible clearly does not support the practice of homosexuality. But now the big question for uh, that, that we had and that you may have at home is why is this the case? Why does the Bible not support homosexuality? And Isaiah and Dagan, I think in order for us to understand this idea, I think we've got to go back to the basic principles of marriage. Definitely. And before we do that, we just want to clarify that we're not trying to play God. Uh, that's not our intention here. The Bible does not specifically say why God does not support homosexuality or the practice of homosexuality. But this is the conclusion that we've reached based on the other scriptures that we've read. That's correct. And so as we dive into uh, our study of uh, the basics of marriage, I think it's first important to go back to the very beginning in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, we see uh, God outlining at the very beginning of the Bible just the foundation principles of marriage. Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, that every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have the dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. There we see God created male and female for each other in the very beginning. And um, do you all have any points to add that I'm overlooking in Genesis? Well, like, like you said, God created male and female. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how... Marriage is supposed to be. It's one man and one woman for life. And anything else outside of that is not what God has commanded. It's not what God has ordained. So we need to be careful about not just endorsing, uh, or we need to be careful that we don't support as Christians, because the Bible says it's wrong, homosexuality, but also anything outside of sexual relations between a man and his wife. And to add on to this, we read in Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 6, uh, but, for, uh, but, for, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female, and for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. 
so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And so we see here the, the, the principle being even, uh, even further explained, that God designed man and woman, like Isaiah was saying, to ultimately marry each other. And that's the only principle that he established within his word. And then we also find in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2, uh, something along the lines of what we've been looking at so far. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2, I'm the only one here using a paper Bible. Everyone else is using a digital. But it says, uh, <clears throat> it says, But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. And here we see who we should be having sexual relations with in our everyday lives. It shouldn't be uh, with anyone else but with what God has commanded. And he commanded male and female to have sexual relations with one another. And like Isaiah mentioned at the very beginning of this segment, that this is not what we believe. This is not what, uh, I'm sorry, this is not what we think or what uh, our opinion is. This is coming straight from scripture. And so this is God's divine authority telling us uh, what the basic principles of marriage is. Absolutely. And like he does with everything, Mm -hmm. God had a reason. There was a reason that God wanted male and female to be in union. And that's because there are certain things that he created men to be able to do. And there are certain things that he created women to be able to do. And those two things, if done correctly by the individuals, are perfect together. Right? Uh, You know, the, the qualities of the male body or the female body, when put together, are like two pieces of a puzzle that just are meant to be together or the male brain and the female brain. That's how the house is supposed to work. That's how the family is supposed to work is by the two of them combining and compromising and becoming as one. Um, I think this is probably a good moment to throw in um, a misconception that people have. And a lot of people will say, Sometimes it's, it was mistranslated in talking about pedophilia, man on man. It was actually talking about boy on boy, boy on man, talking about pedophilia. When in the verses we just read, clearly stated man and wife, wife to her husband. So I think that can be thrown out pretty quickly as getting ruled out as a mistranslation right there. Yeah. And, li- and like we, we've mentioned, anything outside of man and wife, God says that shouldn't be. Yeah. We're, we're hopefully going to hit on this in a later episode, but the, the blessing that sex is, and we don't talk about that in the church because right. uh, it makes us uncomfortable. It's, it's taboo almost, but sex is a blessing from God, and people have stolen that blessing from its original context between man and wife and have perverted it, have corrupted it, and, have, and now it's what we see today. Because guys, guess what? God made sex. He made it enjoyable for man and woman. That's right. And, you know, as we're talking about here, um, and as, as Isaiah was mentioning earlier, a woman and a man were created for each other. Whenever we put those two puzzle pieces together, it creates a beautiful masterpiece. And in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 18, we see that the woman was designed to accompany the man. Um, and the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. It will make him a helper comparable to him definitely walker you know just like genesis says 
men and women are supposed to help each other in, in marriage. And like you said, when done correctly, that's, that's a beautiful thing. So we've looked at uh, why the Bible does not support homosexuality. And we looked at the fact that the Bible does not support homosexuality. So I want us to look for a few minutes at some common misconceptions or some, some arguments that people may use against this. Uh, and this is for the Christians listening who want to defend the scriptures, who want to you know, say, this is what the Bible says. These are some things that you may hear. We already mentioned the possible mistranslation of 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Uh, and uh, there was a little bit of that that we didn't go into revolving the actual Greek text. Uh, if you look at the word, and I cannot pronounce the word because I'm American and not Greek. Um, but if you look at the word, the, the word there, from my understanding, is uh, it means men who lie with men. It says nothing about uh, pedophilia or, or anything of the sort. Uh, if there's a Greek scholar listening to this who, who disagrees with me, then please, uh, we'll put our phone number at the end of the, the script like we always do. Uh, let us know or message us on Instagram or something, and, and we can have a civil conversation about it. One of the other misconceptions or one of the other things that people say is that, well, just because Scripture says that, why should I believe it? And taking that a step farther, some people say, well, Jesus never said homosexuality is wrong. That was Paul. We, those two scriptures that we looked at were both writings of Paul, one in Romans and one in 1 Corinthians. Who, who cares what Paul says? Paul's not the one who died on the cross. And while that is a valid point that Jesus is the Savior and that Paul is uh, simply a man, the point, the point of the matter is that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave up the authority that he had as a man on earth. And he gave that to his apostles, one of which we see was Paul. And Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what he wrote. Uh, he said later in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh, and that because of, because of the inspiration, we can know that this is what God wanted to say. So I think it's important for us to understand what, what that point is. And the, the final thing that I want us to look at is the question of why are Christians homophobic? Uh, which, of course, is a word meaning someone who hates uh, a homosexual, someone who hates those who identify as LGP, L, excuse me, LGBTQ+. Uh, I stumbled there, but I apologize. Um, and and the, the answer to that question is, unfortunately, some people are. Some Christians are homophobic. And that's not the way that it should be. That's not what God wanted us to do. Uh, like, we, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we're not perfect either. We've got, I've got so many things that I need to work on myself. Um, so many issues that I struggle with. I'm in no position to judge anyone. Uh, people always kind of stop after reading Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, which of course says, uh, judge not that you be judged. But I think it's important for us to look at the context of that passage and to look at what Jesus says after that. So Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1, again says, do not judge or you too will be judged. But verses 2 and 3 are very, very important. 
Matthew chapter 7 and verse 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So Jesus isn't saying Christians can't judge. He's saying Christians can't be a judge and be a hypocrite. We can't judge other people for doing the same same thing that we are. And of course, the same thing that we're doing that they are doing is sinning. So the answer to the question, why are Christians homophobic is, I don't know. It shouldn't be that way. I think it goes off of what you just referenced in Matthew chapter 7. I think the reason why some Christians may be homophobic is uh, is because they're not looking at the plank in their own eye. That They're, they're judging others, um, and in all reality, they're, they're not evaluating um they're not evaluating the situation regarding it and they're not looking at themselves before they start judging other people. And so you bring up a very good point with bringing in Matthew chapter seven. And, uh, and I would even argue to say that if you're truly a Christian, it would not be Christian like of you to be, uh, to be homophobic or to do this action. So it would be it in my, and in my humble study, I don't think it would be wise to call someone a, Christian who does these actions because that's not what Jesus would do. I think those are really good points. I think another point why Christians are homophobic or even people who aren't Christian are homophobic in general is because it's a sin that we can see more regularly if you practice it. Whereas a lot of other sins are private and we read in scripture that God's going to throw all of our sins out and and public we're going to see them all no matter what they are so christians who are have these private sins that no one knows about god knows about them and there's nothing different between a person who i keep going back to an alcoholic um who currently is is drinking to an alcoholic and then someone who's gay it's still a sin a sin is a sin Mm -hmm. There's nothing different about it in the eyes of God. I, I really like that you brought up that point, Dagan. Sin is sin, right? It doesn't matter uh, if it's a lie or if it's your gossip or if it's murder or if it's rape. It doesn't matter. There's no difference in God's eyes. We put different punishments on those kinds of things in our society. Mm-hmm. But in God's eyes, they're all the same thing. Sin. And sin is death, as we've looked at. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's important for us to remember that uh, as we, we as Christians, right, and for those who are listening who are Christians, this is a difficult topic to discuss, but it has to be discussed because the world is talking about it, and Christians need to be able to have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when we're doing that, like Dagan said, we need to understand that all sin is the same in God's eyes. Sin is sin. And going back to... Um, people thinking Christians can be perfect when that's not the case. We just know we know that we aren't perfect and, and no one is perfect. We're all guilty of sin no matter who you are. Uh, you could be the your preacher in church. Guess what? He's still a sinner. Your youth man is still a sinner sitting in church. Anyone in there is a sinner. Everyone is a sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
there's no difference in the, in sin and the other God. Like you're saying, it's death. Definitely. And I again, I really appreciate the p- fact that you brought up a point that is we all sin. Right? We see that in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We see that in passages like 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. Where we are told that if someone says he's without sin, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. We all have sin. We all have these things that get us. These, these skeletons in the closet, if you will. And like Dagan said, judgment day comes and all of those skeletons are going to be revealed. Everything that we're trying to hide, everything that we fall short on is going to be revealed. But the best part about this is the verse that we didn't read. That's the amazing part of this entire conversation. Not just about homosexuality, not, but about every sin. And that's, that, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. And this is, this is such, a, such a beautiful passage. Again, uh, verses 9 and 10, Paul gives that list of sins that he says will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you're practicing these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But look at verse 11. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Paul says, look here, Corinth, before you became Christians... You practice these things. You were thieves. You were greedy. You were liars. You were men who had sex with men. But not anymore. We can get rid of our sins. We can get past that. When we are baptized, we become a new creature, a new person with new habits. And that's the beautiful thing about this topic is you can repent God offers us a chance to repent. God offers us a chance to be sanctified, to be made clean, to be made pure like he is pure. And that is the amazing thing about this conversation. And we as Christians need to remember that not just in our own lives with the things that we struggle with, struggle with, but when we're talking to someone who is struggling with any number of sins, including but not limited to homosexuality. Most definitely. And, you know, it's important that whenever we're discussing these things with other people and we're discussing these things, even within our own family, um, it's important that we discuss any topic that is controversial in a way with love and with truth and with sincerity. And not not just whenever we're trying to uh, do it over a podcast, but for you viewers at home, do it whenever you're talking to anybody. Um, don't, don't be so quick to bash people for their imperfections because as we've mentioned throughout the podcast we're all imperfect and the beauty about it is that no matter what we may be struggling with like Isaiah was saying and not limited to the temptation of homosexuality the great thing about it is that we serve a God who's all loving and who's forgiving for no matter what what we've done wrong in our life yes Walker and you you bring up a really good point and I want to hit on just one second talking love when we're having these discussions about these difficult topics like whether or not Christians can support homosexuality or some of the other issues that we'll be looking at later this season on the show it's important to do it in love Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1 says a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word 
stirs up anger. Having a heated debate with someone is not going to do anyone any good. It's just going to get those tempers up. It's just going to get people angry and no good will come of it. But a gentle answer turns away wrath. So we've just, so we've looked at uh, some really um, deep things today and we've looked at, we've, we've went through the scripture, we've broken it down and we've seen what the Bible has to say regarding this topic of homosexuality. But like Dagan mentioned at the beginning of the show, he has some personal experiences in his life with his mom um, struggling with this issue as well. And so now we come to the portion of the show where we want to give Dagan the opportunity to talk about his experience and to talk about how it's impacted him and his life and how it's changed his life spiritually. So Dagan, the floor is yours. So I, my mom's been gay since I can remember. I grew up earliest member she had a girlfriend um she raised me to believe in believe in god and we never the only time we went to church was like with my aunt um like easter the holidays easter christmas sometimes um and it, it wasn't really it wasn't to see god it was to see my family so that's that was my very limited experience of church um and then she got um a new girlfriend and so my mom had actually been Church of Christ growing up that's where she was um, um, I would say forced to go because at the time I mean she really want to go to church I think a lot of little kids can relate to that like I don't want to go to church <laughs> and and back then the church the church she was at was a big different thing the Church of Christ nowadays has the stigma of Oh, you go to that really strict church, right? You, you can't do anything fun. It was multiplied times ten for her, and and the girlfriend she had had went to church, um, a church of Christ, and I was sent to a church camp, and that's history. I became a Christian a few years later, and a couple of years ago, my mom decided to become Christian. I baptized her, and. She no longer leads um, that kind of life. She no longer practices homosexuality. She's still attracted to women, but that's not wrong. She can you can be tempted to do anything that's a sin, but as long as, long as you don't follow through for that sin, you're going to be okay. As long as you're striving to be of God and to be with Christ, you're okay. And even if you mess up. You're still okay because Christ is with us and he's cleansed our sins as long as you continue to try and follow Christ. Thank you for, for sharing that, Dagan. Uh, we, we're really thrilled that you were able to come on the co- podcast and, and discuss some things like that. Uh, can I ask, how has your mother, who has practiced homosexuality, how has that kind of changed your life and your outlook uh, your views on the scriptures and on those who identify as homosexual. So growing up, I mean, I didn't have any clue it was wrong. I mean, nowadays it's not com- it's somewhat I won't say common, but it's more common than it was, and at least normal mm-hmm. to hear about people having two moms, or two dads, whatever it is. And growing up, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I was the only one in the county that had two moms, which I didn't refer to the other one as a mom, but. And I didn't realize that was different until, like, middle school. And 
when I first started getting introduced to the church, the church I started going to was is, is pretty a pretty conservative church. And so I was hearing these these things that are like, oh, homosexuality is wrong. Like entire sermons on why it was wrong, and there's no one even gay in that church, and maybe one or two people was affected by it. And I'd come home to my loving mom, who supported me and did anything for me. And I'm like, what what I'm hearing is like people are saying gay people are evil, so to speak, and yet I'm experiencing love with my mom. Like she she's caring for me. And there's like a certain amount of like, well, is this really right? Like, what are, what are you saying? And then I started going to um, a new church even before then. I think it was just people had a lot of misconceptions about people who are homosexual and never really even talked to someone. Like, I could probably guarantee most of the people had never talked to a gay person in their life. And I think it's really good to talk to people who are gay or struggling with any sin to understand, oh, wait, they're still a person. We still love them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's caused me to search more in Scripture about everything. Um, My faith is my own. Like, I was able to actually find my own faith instead of, I think at times people who grow up in church, it can often be given to them by accident. Um... And a lot of times people who grew up in a church will have to find their faith a little later on without realizing it. Most definitely. And um, if that makes sense, (laughs) that does make sense. And, you know, it's sad that that's how um, the church um, and even uh, the church has looked at homosexuals. It's sad about the stigma that's been placed uh, within the church and uh, not only about homosexuals but also the stigma that's been placed on Christians and how we view homosexuals as well and so both sides of the spectrum is really sad about how this has come about but our our goal is is to hopefully try to bring some peace and some resolve to this issue and so I guess one of those ways of doing so is asking for your advice on to those who may be listening who may be struggling uh, with the with the issue of homosexuality, what would your advice be on um, what they can do in order to have a, a success story like your mom? So depending on your regret and your journey, starting off as a non like if you're a non Christian but you're interested in your gay and you're interested in faith, um, find someone you love um, and that loves you to study with. Uh, Study with them and you'll read through and you come to the point like, oh, I can't practice being homosexual. And as humans, and my personal opinion from seeing my mom, being homosexual as an earthly standpoint is a really, really tough sin for us. Because my mom, is, she still is going to struggle for a while. It's gotten a lot easier for her now uh, to be celibate. You can't have that romantic partner that you connect with. And that's a really, really hard thing. But she recommends this is come straight from her. Just involve yourself with the church as much as you can, even if you don't feel like it. Because she said there will be days where you feel lonely and you just want someone. You just want someone to be with. But as soon as you start digging into the church and just involving yourself with the church at all times... 
it'll, it'll make your life so much better. She said it, the past six months has been very, very good for her because she just, even though she does, she, there's times she doesn't want to do things with the church. Um, it's, it, she's really helped her because she stays busy. That's what it is. To stay busy really helps you. And I'd like to encourage everyone to understand that their church loves, and I'm sorry, and I want to apologize for everyone who's had bad experiences with people who say they're Christian, either on social media or in person, and that have made you feel unloved. I know my mom's felt like that. She struggled with that because she's like, I don't feel loved. These people say they're Christian, love everybody, and they're loving um, everyone from drug, drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, people who are divorced, it's all this stuff. But when it comes to me, they don't love me. Like, what's why? Why? What's different? And now we go to a really good church that loves us, and that's been really beneficial. Thank you so much, Jagan, uh, both for that answer and, and for coming on the show. Uh, unfortunately, that's pretty much all the time that we have on this episode, uh, but just to quickly review, the Bible does not support homosexuality. Therefore, as Christians, we also cannot support homosexuality. But that does not give us an excuse, that does not give us a reason to be rude, to be hateful, to be angry at those who struggle with this temptation. Instead, we need to show God's love to them. I'd like to throw in, imagine yourself getting introduced to the church and we're not, you're not homosexual or anything and you're, you're struggling with whatever sin it was and people base that sin off of you. Like, oh, you, that's your sin? <laughs> oh, well, we're gonna, you can sit in the back. We won't talk to you. Just kind of, just imagine how you'll feel about that and strive to be better than that. Strive to, even not just for people who are gay, just to talk and love everyone. Because mm -hmm. that's what we're supposed to do as Christians, and sometimes we really suck at that. And, and like you were saying, I mean, it, it's something that we do struggle with. We struggle with, um, I mean, and I failed at this, and I know y'all may have failed at this as well, is trying to include everyone and trying not to be uh, so quick to put people into little categories as the world would like for us to do. But the the beauty about this is that we're all here for each other, especially us here on the podcast. We're here for you, and we want to help you in any way that we possibly can. And so we want to hear – you may have a bunch of questions after this episode, and that's great. We want to hear your questions because our goal is, is to – um, is to answer those questions in the future. We're going to designate a whole episode to answering some of the viewer questions that you may have regarding any of the episodes that we've done so far. And so we want to answer your questions. So if you have a question, feel free to private message us on Instagram, TTEOJ underscore podcast, or you can send us a text with your questions. Uh, please send them to 731-439-9671, and we will be sure to document your question and to be sure to answer it uh, either through the text message or we'll put it on uh, one of our Q&A shows in the future. Like Walker said, we're here for you. We want to be here for you. We want to be able to help you on your Christian journey. That's why we're here. And if... I, I know we didn't discuss this before the show, but do you think we should, um, we should have a prayer? Yeah. Let's close with a prayer. Father, we love you. We adore you. 
and you're so great to us. The amount of love, the amount of mercy, the amount of grace that you show us on a daily basis is unspeakable. It's unfathomable and we're so undeserving. We're so undeserving for the greatest blessings that we have in this life. And some of those are just the small things, waking up every day, seeing the beautiful gl glory of each day and the blessings that come with it. And others are even greater than that. Your son going to the cross, living the perfect example for us and being beaten and being hung on that cross at Calvary, not because he wanted to, but because he loved us and because he was willing to suffer the pain and the agony and the the brutal beating for for all of us and to carry the sins of the whole world and to put them upon his shoulders and forgive us not just in the past but in the present and for all future sins to come and we're so grateful and we're overwhelmed by that fact and father as we've discussed a difficult topic today uh, uh, regarding homosexuality. We know that there are people in the world who struggle with this issue and we want them to know that we love them and that we're here to help them and that we want them to uh, have the same opportunity that everyone else has to hear the truth and to hear what the gospel has to say regarding salvation and to hear what the gospel has to say regarding this difficult topic. And we pray that you can give each of them wisdom, strength, guidance, encouraged to deal with the issues that they have to deal with in their everyday life not just with the issue of the temptation but with the with the backlash that they may face from other individuals with the struggles that satan may throw in their way be with them and help them in any way that you possibly can and know and help them to know that you love them and that we love them as well be with us as we go into future episodes of this season Help us to uh, spread your word and only the truth that was intended by your word to those who are listening to this podcast. We pray all this and we're thankful for all that you do for us in your son's name we pray.